Yeah, you know where we're at live, back in action, streaming through your airwaves. This is the Root for Sports podcast with me, Jason Fearman. The show is represented and presented by the Sports Column, where they give amateur sports writers the opportunity to come and show off their talents. So go to thesportscollar.com and check us out. As usual, we're talking NFL football today, baby, but we got a little twist on things. My man Bob Lung, who is a fantasy football expert, will join me for a whole lot of fun getting ready for fantasy football 2020. Listen, Bob's got like a hell of a resume. It would take me about an hour and a half to go through it. So let me summarize for you real quick before we introduce Mr. Bob Lung over here. Look, he's been at this fantasy game since 1985, and that's probably before most of you were born. (laughs) He was officially nationwide recognized as an expert in this field in 2002. I bet some of you still weren't even freaking born yet. Bob also brought his expertise to a variety of companies like Fox Sports, Fanball, Roto Experts. Amazing. Bob publishes his annual fantasy football consistency guide every summer, and the guide was chosen by the FSWA, that's the Fantasy Sports Writers of America, as the best fantasy football publication in 2018. Only a couple of years ago, a year really, if you think about it, numerous accolades and numerous publications from Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, like I said, Fantasy Football Sourcebook, and plenty more. This man has got quite a reputation in the fantasy world, and you know what? We are blessed to have him on the show today. It is beautiful, gracing us with our presence. Bob Long, I am glad we were able to make this thing happen. And before we get into all the fun stuff, let me ask you, my friend, how are you, your family, everybody, how things are coping with over this pandemic? Let's get that nasty stuff out the way first. (laughs) Got it. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to come on anybody's show uh, that I can talk fantasy football consistency and Thank you for the accolades. It's, uh, it's been a lot of work for a lot of years, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. But uh, going uh, back to the bad news, you know, uh, everybody's been struggling. Everybody's been working hard to get through this. Uh, my family, everybody's been good. Everybody stayed healthy. Good. Um, God bless. And they gave me the chance to get the guide out a little bit early this year. Usually I wait to about May 1st. This year I did it on, around April 4th because I had people literally – sending me messages in March that said, Bob, we need this guy more than ever. We are bored out of our skulls already. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I jammed it all together, got it all done, and uh, got it out. Did a big update, obviously, around the 1st of May after the draft was over and kind of updated everything, rankings and you know uh, profiles and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, anybody who's interested, if you've never used consistency information in your fantasy football uh, draft arsenal. Uh, I highly recommend going out to amazon.com and getting your copy. And uh, the cool thing is once you get it, you can go to the website and use the code that's on the, in the guide and uh, you can upgrade for a full year of access to everything that that big guy fantasy sports revolving around fantasy football consistency. So again, Jason, thanks for having me and hope you're, you and your family are doing well as well. We are. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Thank God things are, are well in that. That's great. I get, hey, listen, I'm going to tweet that out after you. Make sure you send me the link to that because people are definitely going to want to check that out. I know I do, man. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You know, I'm always, it's NFL 99.9% of the show and that's great. I love it. But I like to get into the fantasy stuff, man. I've been playing fantasy football for God knows how long already. Just turned 40 a couple of weeks ago. So you do the math over there. But, um, you know, me and you are 
somewhat on the same page, but with your experience, my God, there's a lot of questions I want to ask because I got my own strategies in the draft myself where I'll even ask right. you this straight straight off the straight at the gate. You know, I've always had draft obviously, whether it's two, three, twelve drafts a year, people are taking quarterbacks very early, and that'll even go back to the Peyton Manning days and things like that. I am very against that because correct me if I'm wrong, and that's fine. At the end of the year, when you have your top 10, maybe 8 to 10 quarterbacks, they're all within usually a certain amount of points of each other, with the exception of maybe one or two with the way Lamar Jackson blew it out the water last year. So that's why I say wait on your quarterback and fill up your running backs and wide receivers because those are the guys that are usually going to go down first. Am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong. Uh, And this is where the consistency information really becomes a benefit for people that have access to this info. Like you said, last year, if you look at the number two, you know, let's let's throw out Lamar Jackson, um, because he did a Patrick Mahomes just like Patrick Mahomes did two years ago. Right. Um, But when you look at basically, you know, two through five, you're talking about a 25-point difference. Um, so divide that by 16 games, you're talking a point and a half a game, Right. <laughs> but the difference is, and, and, and so from that standpoint, I totally agree with you waiting, but here's where the consistency information comes into play. Uh, Dak Prescott, number two in fantasy points last year, 81% consistent. Russell Wilson, fourth in total points, yet he was only 56% consistent, which ranked him 16th out of all of the quarterbacks. Uh, you wow. know, so that's what you got to look at is that's where this information can really help if you add this to your draft prep. Like you said, everybody has their own theories and their thoughts, and, I, and I'm totally in on whatever you do. All I'm asking is, here, buy some extra fries, <laughs> consistency data, to add to your happy meal or your, your value meal when you're doing it. your draft prep. So get your stuff you normally get. I get it. And you, I, want, you know, you want to, that's what you're used to. All I'm asking is buy a side of fries, get the guide, and then look at you guys and you think, well, you know, what round should I go after, you know, Russell Wilson? You know, I'm hurting. He's like a, you know, fifth round quarterback. Yeah, but man, his consistency is only 56%. And I can get a guy like, you know, uh, uh, Dak Prescott in round uh, a whole round later, and yet he was 82 or 81 percent consistent. Was number two overall in both total points and consistency. Absolutely. Now, am I expecting Prescott to be number two quarterback yet? Probably not. But for where you can draft him, you're still getting really good value, and you know now that they've added, you know, the rookie CD Lamb to that team. Now you've got even more weapons for him. It's going to be a good year for him. You know, there's other good values. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, all going around 9 and 11, and yet they had a higher consistency rating than Russell Wilson did. That's what this is all about. That's why you should wait on your quarterback to get a good, consistent, maybe get two good, consistent quarterbacks in you know in the later rounds. And, and like you said, stack up on quarter, or running backs and wide receivers, maybe even tight end early you know, if you want. So definitely do definitely wait on your quarterback and get some consistency out of them, not necessarily just total points. Yeah, you see, great minds do think alike. And again, you, the bulk of your team is those wide receivers, running backs. And so now we got our flex players, whether it's a wide receiver, uh, running back, tight end position. So, yeah, that's where you want to stack up, especially on the bench as well when you get into those later rounds. That's where you really want to do your homework. And I'm sure you're one who does that. You mentioned one guy real quick. I want to get your thoughts. 
Russell Wilson is one of my favorite players in the game, despite being a 49er fan. I know it's almost blasphemy and like a Cardinal sin to say, but um, you can't help but love the guy, love his game. His problem is he hasn't had the weapons to put up those big, tremendous numbers. Even though he led the league in touchdowns a few years ago, I know that it was kind of a fluky thing. He was in the mid-30s. I see DK Metcalf coming on. I'm worried about Lockett's health. And that team in general, if I was a Seahawk fan, not what I'd be worried, <clears throat> not just about Russell Wilson's numbers if you're going to draft him in fantasy, but that team overall. And that's another thing. It's the concept of the team and who you have around you. So I j- before I get to my next question, Russell Wilson, what do you see with him this year? Do you think he's going to take a, another step back or go forward a little bit with Metcalf? And now that Greg Olson is there, to me, I don't see it. Um, you know, my thought is, is that, one, it's hard for him to go up any higher in total points. I mean, he was fourth overall. So I think he'll stick around that. The key for him is can he regain the consistency he's had over the last couple of years prior to 2019 when he was in the 70 75%, which is what you're after out of your court, your starting quarterback. Um, now, that's only two or three games more that he needs to be over the clutch factor. Um, you know, he had a terrible uh, kind of end of the season after the bye week. I mean, in the last six weeks, he was only 50% consistent. He went three for six, including, you know, the fantasy playoffs where he was <laughs> – only did well in week 15 and not and didn't even earn over 20 points in 14 or 16. So that hurt him a lot. Um, yeah, I like him. The problem is I don't want to spend a fifth-round draft choice on him. Sure. You know, if I could get him in around seven or eight, I'm all in. That makes sense. You, you know he's going to have a good comeback. You know, Is he worth taking a chance on? Absolutely. If, you know, if your gut says, hey, I think he'll be back to that consistency he had a couple years ago, which he certainly could. Um, you know, the defense is getting a little weaker there, you know, but they, but you know, Pete Carroll just loves to run the ball so much that, and, and with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and now they, uh, they added another rookie in there too. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to need to throw the ball as much. So that's where it comes down to is not a question of whether Russell Wilson is a, a lesser player. He's not, it's just that the system and the scheme around him, Correct. they're winning football games with the run. Right. That's that's exactly right. And that's, again, the dynamic and the makeup of the team. And that's how they do things. You'll get a couple of yards rushing. It's not going to be big time. So I understand that. And going back to what you said before, I was drafting Matt Ryan for about three years in a row in the ninth or the tenth round. And I'm getting the same production as everybody else. So, again, that's the thing with the quarterback. You want to wait on those guys. I'm looking at a few guys who may be on the rise this year, some guys who are going to take a step back, um, whether it's team or just player related. And I'll throw uh, just a couple at you real quick. I want to get your thoughts, and then I want to see who you have on your mind who might rise, and then we'll get into some of the players who may fall this year. Um, Not just because of DeAndre Hopkins, but he's a big part of it. I think Kyler Murray is going to take a step up this year. He did get better as the year went on. There's no doubt. I watched a lot of the NFC West. I'm a 49ers fan, so I know about that. Love Josh Jacobs. As long as he can stay healthy, he'll be great. Now, the two guys I want to question you on specifically are former teammates. One of them... Odell Beckham Jr., um, frustration, trade rumors, all sorts of stuff like that. But maybe with this prolonged offseason, I, I don't know if there could be some togetherness, but they have to develop that relationship. And I'm talking about him and Baker now on the field where Jarvis Landry has done that. He's more of a, um, you know, a, a production player, catch 100, 110 balls even where OBJ, maybe he'll get 70, but the yards and the touchdowns will be out of control. So I want to ask you about him. And if you think that he'll have a better year in Cleveland, 
and his former teammate Saquon Barkley, who I'm big on having a big bounce back year because I believe that the Giants will be a better team. What do you think about those two guys in particular and anybody else you have on your mind do you think may take a big jump? Um, you know, again, Beckham has to get better. I mean, just, you know, he went, you know, he ranked 25th in total points, only 63% consistency, that ranking 25th. So he's outside of the wide receiver, too, which is unheard of for him. Um, what was the problem with Odell Beckham? The problem was the fact that their offensive line in Cleveland sucked. Too right. they, he didn't have enough time to, get, to finish his routes and get open. Um, and Beckham's a deep ball kind of guy. Well, Baker never had any time. And, you know, so he's running for his life at the time. Beckham's scrambling to try to get open, and it just didn't work out well for him. So, you know, they improved. They went out and got Jack Conklin from the Titans. They drafted the kid from Alabama in the first round, early in the first round. So now you've got a much more solid offensive line that's got to give, you know, they've already got a good running game. So teams can't stack the box. Um, you know, to stop Chubb because they're going to get burned by Beckham and Landry. Yeah. Uh, so and now Austin Hooper. I'm not going to say he's going to get to the 83% or top 10 that he was a couple of years ago, but he definitely should get in the top 15, um, you know, just, you know, draft uh, appropriately. But from what I've seen at ADP wise, he's going, you know, in the fourth round. So that's respectable. You get OBJ as your you know, wide receiver two, preferably maybe he's your wide receiver three. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Barkley, you know, the kid's a beast. I mean, obviously, he was held back by injuries last year. Um, you know, they've, they've improved the team around them. They also went out and got some, some offensive linemen. Uh, Daniel Jones is at another year in. They've got some good weapons at the wide receiver spot. If they can, uh, Evan Engram can stay healthy at the tight end spot, which, you know, he'll be a stud again this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously Barkley, but he's going to the top three. So, you know, it's not like you're going to get him at a lower ADP. Um, you know, he's going to go at two, three, four, maybe even number one, if you love him that much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking as him have number one over, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Some, and we get into that maybe a little bit later. Um, he got that guy takes a beat in McCaffrey, know that about it. And it looks like doing the same thing to Saquon over there in the New York, New Jersey area. But yeah, I do like him to have a bounce back. Like you said, he's definitely going in the top three, if if not number one overall. I agree with that. Um, and yeah, you're right. It was an injury plague season, so I think that people who drafted him last year should not get scared of what happened and look, you know, a little bit more optimistic. Is there another guy or two on your mind that you think and may just be like, wow, look, he's going to have a tremendous year? Um. Well, so in the uh, consistency guide, I've got four separate articles, what I call the consistent undervalued player. These are guys that have solid consistency, but always seem to kind of get lost or forgotten. Um, now, sometimes it's guys like the same every year, like Jarvis Landry, every year falls into the wide receiver three realm for drafting purposes. And every year he's in the top 15 in consistency um, and yet, every year he just falls back. So he's certainly always one of my favorites, even even for the Browns. He's been very consistent. Can I tell you, Bob, real quick? Bob, I don't mean to cut you off. I've had Jarvis Landry on my team for about four years in a row now, so I know exactly what you're talking about. You, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Exactly. Yep. And every year you just sit there and laugh when you get him as your wide receiver. <laughs> That's like, I can't believe you drafted Landry. That's well, right. Okay, I'm winning. <laughs> uh, I got two at running back that I just love this year, and I'm drafting them almost every draft I'm doing. Um, it's Raheem Mostert and Ronald Jones. Um, okay. You know, the thing that I always look at is, you know, not only their consistency, but uh, also 
their games that they're getting, you know, especially like guys like Jones and Mostert that kind of got in a running back by committee or really didn't have, didn't always get consistent touches or targets every game. So let me look at, let me talk about Mostert first. So over the last six regular season games last year, Mostert earns 17.56 fantasy points in those games and was 100% consistent. Um, and that doesn't even count the, 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 you know, the playoff games and the Super Bowl where he was still getting most of the carries. Um, most people think that this is a running back by committee in, in San Francisco, and it's not. I mean, Coleman and Breida were both there. Now Breida is gone, so now you've only got Coleman to worry about. Maybe Jared McKinnon, but I doubt it. He most of is the man. That's why they let Breida walk. Right. So he's going like his ADP right now is like running back 28. It's absurd. So you get him as your RB3, he's probably going to earn you RB2 numbers at worst, maybe RB1 numbers. Ronald, in the, um, I'm sorry, in the nine games last year where he got 15 touches or more in a game, he averaged 14.4 fantasy points and had a 78% consistency in those nine games. Dave Barber's gone. Yes, I know they got a rookie in there that might, you know, everybody loves and everybody thinks he's going to replace him. They didn't go out and get any stud guy like a Melvin Gordon or, you know, or somebody like that to take over to Ronald Jones. They could have. They certainly had the ability to. Sure. But they like Ronald Jones. They're going to give him the opportunity. And again, his ADP right now is running back 33. So you can draft Mostert and Jones as your one and two. I know that sounds weird and it sounds like, wow, that would be awful. But <laughs> if these two guys can put up the numbers they did in those games that they had the opportunities last year, and you can load up on stud wide receivers and tight ends, man, those two guys are going to be, I think, are going to kick some ass this year. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're right on those two, and you're right, you can load up on your wide receivers elsewhere, you're winning your championship in your league, no doubt. That would be amazing. I, I love your Ronald Jones call right there, not just because Tom Brady is there right now, but I saw him. Uh, you know, getting much better. Like you said, Barber's out, and that's no secret why he just was not doing the job that Jones is doing. So I love that call. Um, don't tell too many people about that, all right? I'm going to try to sneak him in a couple of drafts at all least right. this year. <laughs> Mostert, um, you're right. It, it was it stopped becoming a, a, a running draft uh, by committee because he did take over midway or a little bit more halfway uh, through the season, and he became the man. There's no doubt about it. I'm just hoping that uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have another love crush with Tevin Coleman this year and try to make him the starter again. So we'll see. I, th- I think he did for a while, but I think after a while, even Kyle Shanahan knew what he had in Mostert. And when he let him loose against Packers, I mean, how, how do you sit there and tell the guy, yeah, I'm not going to make you my starter next year, even though you were busted off 200 yards <laughs> and rushing against the Packers in a playoff game? Oh, uh, yeah. I just sat there with a couple of yinglings, and uh, I'm like, well, this game is over already. That was fast. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. Exactly. Let's talk about a couple of ones that may be on the downside this year, and then I got one more top, uh, topic for you before we go to a quick break. Um, let me give you a couple okay. of mine real quick. Guys that I see going on the downside, uh, this one's kind of weird because he's changing teams, and it's obvious that Brandon Cooks is no DeAndre Hopkins. I'm curious to see how that dynamic's going to work out with Watson and Cooks. I want to get your thoughts on that in a second. Derrick Henry, who everybody loves, and including me because he's a beast, I don't see him being a fantasy freak of nature. I really don't. And I think that Ryan Tannehill had this – I I like Ryan Tannehill. Okay, I do. I think he's a very good quarterback. Actually, I watched him in Miami for a while, and he's been underrated for quite a while. I've seen him make a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks. So I am a fan of his, but all they got really is A.J. Brown beside that. There's not much going on over there. So 
if they're loading up and they're stopping Derrick Henry, I don't know how much success they will have passing. I'm a little down on Henry this year. I wouldn't have him as a top 10 or 12. I wouldn't draft him the first round. I just wouldn't personally unless he did fall to me that late and I have that pick. Um, Not to say that he's not going to have a bad year, but I don't love him. I don't love Tyler Lockett this year because I think that DK Metcalf is going to take over at number one. And I just think that a bust now, I know he's been in the league for four years, but he's been rocking himself up and down, left and right. Robbie Anderson, who now is going to the Panthers. I mean, what do you think you're going to get out of Teddy Bridgewater? Does he think he's going to get like 1,200 yards receiving and 15 touchdowns? I don't know what Robbie Anderson is thinking, that he's like some kind of god of wide receivers, but he's not, and he'll find that out. So I threw Brandon Cooks, Derrick Henry, Lockett, and I'm really curious about two of them right now, and I want you to throw at me who you think is going to have bad seasons, or not bad, but less than what they had done previously. But starting with Derrick Henry, do you think I'm totally off on this, or is he just not that fantasy guy that you really want to count on and rely on? I mean, there's no question he's very talented. Um, But I do have concerns. One of the biggest concerns is the fact that they lost Jack Conklin to the Browns. Yeah. He was one of the best offensive linemen they had. So anytime you start losing offensive linemen, uh, especially star offensive linemen, that causes problems. Um, So that's certainly, you know, kind of a kick in the nuts there. Damn right. Um, Game starts at the line of scrimmage. No, I was going to say game starts at the line of scrimmage for any team. So that's it. Um, you know, again, Ken Hill's a, a, a good team manager. He'll do a good job. They don't have a great wide receiver core. Um, you know, I'm, like you said, the key is that, you know, what you have to look at is, well, you know, they kind of rocketed right through the playoffs with nothing but Derrick Henry and nobody could stop him, even the Patriots. So, you know, there's certainly talent there. The question is, can he continue to take that many touches a game and keep at that pace? Um, you know, he was very durable last year, and that's great. But, man, when you, when you, when you take that many um, times running the ball, that, that can wear on you. So you always want to kind of, when you see somebody have a big year with lots of, lots of touches, you kind of want to go, mm, you know, is, is, can he do it again? Now, right. a guy like McCaffrey, as you mentioned, he, he seems to be a machine. And the fact that he can run and catch passes where Henry is just a runner, that certainly makes a difference, and he's very good at making people miss. I think he continues to be a stud there just because Teddy Bridgewater is captain checkdown. Right. <laughs> all year when Drew Brees wasn't there. You know, he basically was looking at two people. He was looking at Kamara out of the backfield or he's looking at Michael Thomas doing about a five-yard spin. Right. That's it. Right. That's all he did. Good call. Um, you know, he didn't cheer and cook every once in a while. So my thought is, is that, you know, one, I think McCaffrey will benefit with getting tons of balls out of the backfield like he's always had. Um, and the other guy I like um, in Carolina is Ian Thomas, a tight end, uh, who a lot of people aren't even thinking uh. about. But he takes over there for Greg Olson. He's a very talented young kid. And if Teddy Bridgewater can start clicking with him early, he's in for a big year. Very good. I like that. Okay, all right. So me and you were kind of on the same page as that one. Again, a lot of it does – again, football is the ultimate team sport, so everybody depends on everybody. Your left tackle depends on your left guard and so on and so forth. The knee bone is connected to the whatever bone, you know, so that's how it works. Football, ultimate team sport. We're going to get close to a commercial break coming up here in just a few. So let's get through uh, definitely one uh, one or two more of these. Uh, Brandon Cooks, real quick, do you think him and Watson will mesh? And then I wanted you to throw a couple other guys at me that you think – may have a down year this year. I mean, 
Brandon Cooks has never been very consistent, regardless of who he plays for. Yeah, because he uh, plays for every team. <laughs> and Drew Brees. So, um, but here's the thing. Who else are they going to throw to? Will Fuller can't play more than three games in a row without getting hurt. True. Kenny Stills is okay. Um, you know, so in volume alone, I think Cooks could be decent. As long as you're not drafting him too high. I mean, I think his ADP is somewhere. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Cooks is uh, end of round six. All right. Respectable. I mean, if you, get, if you can get Cook as your wide receiver four, or, you know, something like that, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, that's okay. Because then you're not, you're, there's not a lot of risk. Even a wide receiver three is respectable. Um, so, like, if you can get two wide receiver, two, um, you know, stud running backs and then get Cooks at, at the end of round six, maybe early round seven, as your wide receiver four, I'm okay with that. Am I expecting a big year? No, but he hasn't had a big year in years. The last big year he had is when he was all by himself in New Orleans went before they got Michael Thomas. But then after Thomas came in, he fell off. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, cool. The guys that I think, I won't say down years, but uh, it's down from where they were the year before. Right. And I know this is going to be very sacrilegious for a lot of people, so if you're, you should be sitting down for this. But I'm not feeling a big year from Chris Godwin and or Mike Evans. Really? And wow. Why is this? Oh. And, and here's why. I mean, before, before you panic, here's why. <laughs> let's, think, let's remember why Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were at the top of the fantasy points last year. Because the it's Bucks because were always down, man. They were always down. Right. So when your quarterback comes out and throws two pick six in the first quarter in, in another interception by halftime, and you're down 28 to 7, guess what has to happen? you got to throw the ball. That's a hell of a point. If you throw the ball a lot, you score a lot of fantasy points. That's a hell of a point. Now, when Tom Brady comes in, and Tom Brady doesn't throw three interceptions in the first half, and they and now they're up 21 to 7, guess what they don't have to do? They don't have to throw. And that's where your boy Ronald Jones comes in. You're going to see a little bit of regression of both of them. And based on where they're being drafted, which is, you know, late first round or definitely in the second round on both of them, um, that's a lot to ask that these guys come back and be that productive. Um, I think the Buccaneers have a great team. I think they're going to win lots of football games. But I'm not all in on them being a high-end fantasy thing because that comes from the need to throw the ball. I mean, when you look at the top fantasy guys at the end of each year, they're usually on teams to throw the ball a lot because their defenses on the other side suck. Right. Uh, Green Bay, Atlanta, Arizona, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. I mean, that's your top wide receivers last year. And I think only Green Bay had a good defense, but their defense was good on the against the run, not against the pass. I, I think... So, they're, so that's where I'm a little worried about those two guys um, coming into this year. Um, and everybody else is the opposite because they go, oh, Tom Brady. And yeah, well, Tom Brady's a good, you know, he wins football games. He doesn't give a shit about your fantasy games. You got it. <laughs> you got that right. You got that. And that is, you know what, that is a fantastic point that I, honestly, I think I thought I thought of everything. I had not thought of that. And that is a great point. Not that I was drooling over each of them, either one of them going into right. the season. But, yeah, of course, yeah, I think that they're going to have good years. But you know what? That is such a wonderful yeah, point. Good years. Yeah. And they probably will be pretty consistent. I, but if you're I would say, yep. Chris Godwin to end the year number two overall, 
I think you're going to be sadly, sadly disappointed. Very, very. That, that, just a great point, and it brings me also to is it Ronald? That's where Ronald Jones comes in, also where he can right. have a big year. They also got OJ Howard now. Gronk to throw to Cameron Braith. There's a lot of guys right. to throw, and you know that Tom Brady right. loves to spread it around. That's right. an excellent, excellent point. No doubt about it. Before we go to commercial break, that brings me into the last thing that I wanted to say, which you just alluded to. And it benefits to have players on bad teams. You just said it because they're playing from behind. You know they're throwing the ball. So if you've got wide receivers on bad teams, you're in pretty good shape because the volume alone, like you said, they may not catch everything, but they're probably going to get 15 targets a game. And a lot of them are going to be right. downfield as a result of what's going on. So you know what? That is a great point and a great way to go to a really quick commercial break. Bob Lung, fantastic so far. You can hang out for a few more minutes, I hope. That's fantastic. All right, guys, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a really short break. We'll be right back with you. We got Bob Long here. This is the Rufus Sports Podcast going down on a Thursday night. Yeah, I'm losing my days of the week over here, but Thursday night. Here we go, guys. We'll be right back. Hang in there. Everybody, we are back. It's the Rufus Sports Podcast. You know it. We're going strong, going really strong. Had Richard Webb on uh, a few days ago. Got George T coming up in a couple of days. Third and three is coming up over the weekend with Nikki and Damian. Can't wait for that. Always have a good time on that show. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. NFL rocking and rolling right now with Mr. Bob Lung. Having an awesome time talking fantasy football. You know we're all about football on this show, guys. We're continuing with the fantasy football. Bob Lung. Great to have you so far, my friend. We're going to continue, man. We got a lot more to go. I mean, this is one of those things where we can go on for like three hours because there's so much to oh, go yeah, back and yeah. forth with. Yeah. Maybe 13 <laughs> hours instead of three. So we're going to have to do another show. No doubt about it. But let's get to a few more things, man. I'm excited. I, I am excited. I haven't talked fantasy in a while, so this is great. Let's get into the rookies a little bit. You know, that obviously very hard to predict what especially offensive rookies are going to do in this league. Um you know, Kyler Murray, number one, coming in last year, didn't start off too hot. Uh, you couldn't see over the offensive line, four foot three, no big deal, but a hell of an arm. And he started getting better um, as the year as the year went on. Um, yeah, these guys have seemed to have more of an impact the younger they are. The, you know, these rookies coming in, Josh Jacobs, a great year last year. So I thought he should have won rookie of the year, by the way, over Kyler Murray. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I thought Jacobs was incredible for the Raiders last year. They really relied on him. But, uh, yeah, rookies do step in. They do a few things. You know, Joe Burrow, your number one pick. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's on the Bengals. That's going to be a tough one. Um, going to a couple of other offensive guys. I mean, we're not going to talk about Lyman, obviously. They don't appear up on the fantasy stat sheet. But, you know, we could talk Tua. We could talk Herbert if they're going to get in there a little bit. So, I wanted to get into a few rookies with you, even including all those wide receivers that went into the first round who may be the biggest help to their teams. But, even other than that, we can go second round, third round, running backs. You're the expert, my brother. I want you to take off for this one. Give me some guys who are going to have an impact this year. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it's a, definitely a question I get almost all the time. Is Okay, Bob, you know, your, your whole system is about consistency, but rookies don't have any consistency. <laughs> you know, how, how does that... 
how does that correlate? How does that come together? And so, you know, th- this was a question I would get every year. So uh, back in 2010, and since 2010, I've been tracking all of the players at the four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And this is in the guide on page nine, for those of you keeping track at home. Um, there have been 428 players drafted in the first four rounds at those positions since 2010. Of those 428, only 36 of them exceeded a 60% consistency rating in their rookie season. And of those, of most of them are either running backs or wide receivers. In fact, 26 out of the 36. So quarterbacks are only six of them have exceeded only two tight ends in the 11 years. And what I'm trying to say to people is like, okay, I don't have a problem if you like rookies. That's all good. But when you look at the fact that 92% of the rookies that come in in their first year don't exceed 60% consistency uh, as a rookie, which is kind of the minimum cutoff to be a starter for most fantasy teams in a 12-team league, then why are you drafting them all so high? So that's what I kind of throw that out there. Just not to say you don't draft rookies because there's certainly guys that certainly pay off. Now, we all know the Saquon Barkley, the Zeke Elliott, and, you know, those are obvious, you know, and, and they certainly prove their worth, no question about it. But what also people don't know is guys like uh, Trent Richardson, T.J. Yeldon, uh, Doug Martin, uh, Giovanni Bernard, all exceeded 60% their first year. We don't even know these guys play hardly anymore in the NFL. So right. just because they have a good rookie season doesn't mean they're going to have a a good future. Now, obviously, there's other guys like Fournette, Kamara, Gurley, all of them have done it as well. Same way with wide receiver. The only difference is wide receivers seem to have staying power. So of the guys who do exceed 60% their first year, they continue to be very good fantasy values. Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, uh, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, all of those guys, 60% or more in their, their Rookie season, all have been fantasy studs ever since. So last year, it was Debo Samuels and DK Metcalf. So definitely keep an eye on those two, and they're two of my favorites that I'm drafting as my wide receiver threes this year because if they, they, you know, other guys have proven if you're 60% in your first year, you'll continue to be successful and to be consistent. That's why you got to love those kind of guys. Now, guys I do love going into this year, certainly guys that get into the right situation. Joe Burrow is going to be the starting quarterback in Cincinnati. You talk about good guys, good players on bad teams, there you go. I mean, that defense in Cincinnati is future, and it will continue to be future because they went after offense. They went after, you know, Burrows and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, and, and they're in a high-powered offensive league. I mean, division, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns are all going to put up numbers. There's going to be a lot of shootouts in those games. So I love Burrow a lot. Um, you know, get, get him as your backup, maybe even as your third quarterback, possibly. But um, but definitely love him. Uh, love, uh, uh, I keep forgetting his name, uh, Clyde, uh, the guy from went to Kansas City. Um, oh, from, uh, from LSU. Right, from the kid from yeah, LSU. from LSU, right. So he's in there going to be competing with Damian Williams. Now, Damian Williams certainly looked like a stud in some games, didn't look like a stud in others. So, you know, there's a matter of time before I think he gets replaced. Uh, you know, like you said, a lot of tuds, uh, stud receivers were drafted, but some of them didn't go into great situations. CeeDee Lamb going to Dallas, he's got to compete with, you know, uh, 
you know, against Mario Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him to be successful and be consistent. Uh, but other guys like, you know, maybe uh, Jalen Rager, who went to Philadelphia, he might benefit the most because there isn't a lot of competition ahead of him. So right. definitely some good players out there. You know, some of the, the running backs might have opportunities if, if somebody gets hurt, you know, their backups, you know, to like DeAndre Swift's backup to carry on Johnson. We've got uh, Jonathan Taylor backing up Marlon Mack. So, you know, good situations if the, if the starters go down in front of them. So you just never know. But that's kind of my whole thing on rookies. Yeah, it makes another with J.K. Dobbins and uh, that Mark Ingram. That makes another tough dynamic. Like when you had Kamara and uh, and Ingram in the, with the Saints, it's like, all right, how many touches is this guy going to have? Is he going to get? So that might be one to stay away from altogether. All right, very interesting points right. on all those guys. Yeah, again, it was a lot of defense and a lot of offensive linemen taken, but a guy like Jerry Judy, I think, has a chance to do really well because he's a great route runner. He will be starting right away. Uh, Cortland Sutton on the other side, so maybe he'll get more attention. And Judy will get that single coverage, and being the route runner that he is, he could he, he could have a nice year this year. We'll see. Maybe Jefferson uh, at LSU. So there's there's a couple of guys, but you know I'll, I'll defer to you mostly on that. I, that I got to wait to see them play. I'm really unsure. That's for sure. But um, right, right. speaking of these wide receivers, and not just the rookies, but obviously the wide receivers in the league now, some of the best of them, like D Hop, we talked about Devontae Adams, I mean, Tyree Kill, I mean, Michael Thomas. We can go on and on. What are maybe your top three? And I'll go back and forth here a little. This your quarterback wide receiver duos that you would want to draft on your fantasy team. I'm not talking about real life here. Again, we're doing fantasy right now. So, fantasy, who would be the guys that you would try to target to get on your team? Again, we're talking about quarterback and wide receiver. You can add tight end, tight end in there if you want, because again, they go together. So it's. It's hard to do that at times, depending on who you draft and when you draft, but you could get a Dak and an Amari Cooper. Uh, very unlikely you're going to get a Patrick Mahomes and a Tyreek Hill sort of thing, but maybe Drew right. Brees and Michael Thomas is the best out there. I don't know. What are you looking at? Well, that, you just hit, you hit the nail on the head there. That was my first, my first pick. Was yeah. Definitely, you know, Michael Thomas is, um, you know, if you're in the, if you're drafting in the middle of the first round, um, Michael Thomas is going to be probably your best bet because you're going to miss out on the big four running backs. Uh, Thomas is going to be sitting there, you know, five or six. So getting Michael Thomas and then, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you can get a guy like Drew Brees, who was 75% consistent last year and, and always has been a pretty consistent quarterback in the past, and like round nine. So what a perfect combination of getting those two guys. And then you could even throw in, like you said, tight end, get Jared Cook, who, you know, again, you can get him maybe round seven maybe even around eight, right? Yeah. Four breeze and have a really nice combo and have all, and they're all very consistent. So they're definitely number one on my list. Uh, the next one after that, I'm going to stick with the old guys. I'm going to go with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, those two guys, again, Matt Ryan's going in ninth, 10th, 11th round quarterback wise. Julio's going into the first, you know, early second. Uh, so those two guys, so those are my two favorites. I, I kind of like the big with the old guys at quarterback, especially if I can get them later because everybody kind of wants to go with the young studs. That's fine. You keep them. I'll take, I'll take <laughs> and be able to match them up with the top receivers. I'm all in on those two guys. For I sure. like that. I like that. You know, a guy I never drafted before. I never drafted Aaron Rodgers because again, he was always that guy I was going in the first round or second at the latest. And right. I just refused to do that. So I never had him. Uh, he definitely will drop this year. There's no doubt. I might, I might, oh, no doubt, yeah. 
I might pick up on. It. I don't know. He still throws screen passes to uh, uh, to Aaron Jones over there. He's got Devontae Adams, and that that's God, man. They're neck and neck because Michael Thomas again breaking the breaking the record last year. What have 148 catches, I believe it was, or something like yeah, that, breaking right. Marvin Harrison. But goodness gracious, if Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, listen to me, if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams aren't as in sync. As you get, I mean, all you have to do is do like right. a little, you know, ear movement, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams knows exactly where to go. I love those two together. And that is a combination you can absolutely get. Oh, without question. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in like, is in the old guy group. I mean, there, he's going around, you know, eight, nine, ten. So him, him, Breeze and Ryan, I mean, and, and what I've been doing in a lot of drafts, to be honest with you, is I'll load up on wide receivers, tight ends and, and, um, um, you know, running backs, and then I'll go back to back in round nine and ten and draft Breeze and, and Ryan as my quarterbacks. Yeah. I hear you because then I, I know you. I'm set. I hear and then, you. Okay, because I already got my studs. I already got all my starters at the other positions, and now I've got two solid quarterbacks. If one goes down and gets hurt, I'm still covered. You know, I'm not waiting to round fifteen and picking up. You know, Drew Locke now as my backup. Right. Um, right. So yeah. I mean, that's something I've been doing a lot of best ball drafts so far is kind of doing that double old guy combo, I call it. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's get into some more combos over here. Let's have a little fun with this one, all right? Like picking our fantasy teams. We're not going to have a draft right now, obviously, but that could be something right. interesting for the future. We could have an online draft over here uh, on the podcast. That would be a lot of fun. That was a thought once, in a, once upon a time. If you're drafting, all right, you got the – you got your crack at any quarterback you want. Forget about what round it is. Does it make a difference? What quarterback are you taking? Which one do you want the most? If I have to pick, um, I'm you know again, it doesn't matter where. I'm going to go Mahomes mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like last year was a decent year for him, and that was only because he was hurt. If he can be healthy again and get even close to the way he was two years ago. Now, granted, he's going in the second, third round, but, you know, as you said, pick whatever you want. Uh, I, I just I like Mahomes over Jackson just because he can do more things. I mean, I think at some point Jackson is going to kind of get figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's certainly quick and he's certainly talented, but we've all seen the Michael Vicks. We've all seen these kind of players. And, you know, the first year, maybe second year, they do pretty well, but then teams figure them out. And, you know, and then the other thing is they're very vulnerable to injuries. I mean, not that Mahomes didn't get injured last year, but that was a fluke play. Right. I mean, he basically pulled his, you know, knee out, diving into the end zone. Nobody even barely hit him. Right. So, you know, but when you're Lamar Jackson and you're running at full speed, somebody clips your leg. I mean, look at Robert Griffin. That's exactly what happened. He Just thought of him. You know, he was a stud coming out of a cannon in his rookie season. Everybody thought, you know, he was the next Michael Vick. He was the next running quarterback and within two years and a couple of knee injuries he's done yep. and so that's what I'm afraid of with Mark with uh, Lamar Jackson that, that can easily happen and I get it anybody can get injured but if I had to pick I'm going to Humps yeah I get you uh, just to go back to that RG3 real quick he came out like a house on fire he was unbelievable that first playoff game they went to the playoffs that year with, uh, when he was with Washington and um, yeah they were up 14 nothing. he gets hurt and here comes Seattle. They come back. They win the game. But they were up 14 nothing quick in that game. And RG3, he looked great. It's really too bad what happened to him. Unbelievable. Both, you know, both him and Andrew Luck 
gone um, just unreal. But then again, you know, RG, he's still playing well with, with Baltimore. They got uh, a freaking Heisman is all over the place over there. But I agree. I would go Mahomes and then, I mean, not the number one reason, but a major reason is I'm scared for Lamar Jackson's health. You never know. Listen, the guy is not huge. All right. He runs kind of recklessly sometimes, even though he seems in full control. I mean, he really is a video game out there. But um, yeah, I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes because he is he can run. He's a totally pure quarterback, an unbelievable arm. Not that Lamar Jackson doesn't. I'm not knocking on him, but the fear factor of getting injured, I'm with you. We're going to go with two running backs over here. And you were talking about Christian McCaffrey before. I'm going to let you know right now, he's not one of my two. And the only reason is it's a lot of the things that you said that I agree with, but I also, on the other hand, scare. it scares me. They don't have anybody to throw the ball to. So, yes, they're going to check down, but everybody's going to be all over Christian McCaffrey every freaking possible second. And Teddy, you know, he's not the guy that's going to drive you down the field. So, yeah, they're going to rely on him again. He's going to take another pounding. Uh, Somehow he's like this bionic man, but I do worry about that. Um, It's just a little bit too much now going into, what, his fourth season, I think. All right, so it's a lot. I'm thinking Saquon Barkley. And I'm thinking Nick Chubb because I just think the Cleveland Browns are really going to become a team actually this year. I would go with Barkley and Chubb as my two running backs. Cool. What would you do? Um, God, I hope you're right on the Nick Chubb thing because I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I, I've lived, I live in Canada, Ohio, so I've, I've been a Browns fan my whole life. Uh, they, fair enough, I fair enough. At least you had Jim uh, Brown. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I'm going to go on a couple different guys. I, I, I was, you know, I won't go McCaffrey. Um, the only thing I could say about your idea about McCaffrey is that they had Kyle Allen quarterback. Bridgewater's got to be a little bit better, right? That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. $17 million. That's a fair um, point. But he did have a, he, listen, real quick. He did have a couple of crappy games, Christian McCaffrey, last year. He did. He really did. A couple of crappy games. Maybe maybe one or two. Yeah, he was the thousand thousand man. He had one where he only had two points. Yeah, he still was hundred points ahead of everybody else. That's true. Uh, he's a, he's a he's so a guy. Here's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to. I won't go McCaffrey just because that's too obvious. I, I'm not a big fan of Zeke. Uh, I love Zeke. Uh, I, I think he's a great player, but you know they throw the ball so much, and now they've got CD Lamb. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> You know, Zeke still, but I mean, Zeke's 90% consistent three straight years. No other running back has done that. So it's kind of hard to argue with that as well. Um, but the guy I love a lot is Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, okay. he had a down year last year, but even he admitted that he was 75% all season. 75%. Right. Right. He wasn't healthy. He's like, you know, the number five running back of the year. So if he can get back to, you know, 100% health, uh, and again, with that offense, and now they've added Emmanuel Sanders, so they've got more weapons. Drew Brees is kind of in his final year. If you if you remember, he signed a you know a uh, network a network contract right. already. He right. He has officially retired. So that tells me he's playing for a, a championship. If he doesn't get it, well, then he's off to the off to the booth for a while. So I'm definitely going to go with Kamara. Uh, and then after that, you know, here's a guy I love that it really isn't getting as much love as he should. Um, and I know there's a lot better players out there that I could choose from. But I just love Austin Eckler mm. in the fantasy world. I yeah. mean, he, last year when Gordon wasn't there, was just ripping off 20, 25-point games every week. And, you know, now you've got, um, you know, a, a, a new quarterback there as well. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, 
He's almost like a Teddy Bridgewater uh, clone. Uh, he played in Cleveland for a little bit. Didn't throw the ball deep that much, you know. Definitely loves throwing the ball out of the backfield. Eckler's the man, you know. Yeah, they have Justin Jackson, and they got a rookie as well. But, you know, he's going to get the ball. And everybody's like, oh, well, he can't handle the, the you know, the uh, the touches and all this stuff. Well, he was doing a super fine job for the first six games without Melvin Gordon there. And, you know, that was the reason Melvin Gordon came back so fast because he realized, shit, this guy's making me look bad. Right, right. I need to get back out there and prove I'm still a star player so I right. can get a new contract. Yep. And he did. And guess what? Ecker still remained efficient. You know, he wasn't as high points. He was still getting 12 to 15. So his consistency remained mm-hmm. the same because he was still getting over like 10, 11 points a game. Well, if he can get back to even 15 to 20 a game, he's going to be top 10 easily. So I love him. I'm getting him as my RB2, like in rounds four, three or four, um, where I can get maybe a couple of running backs or a couple of receivers to, to lock in, you know, get a stud. Uh, I think most of the time I've gotten Eckler like early round three where I've got like a McCaffrey, I get a, you know, a stud wide receiver and then get Eckler and come back. So yeah, I like him a lot. So I'm going to go with, I'm going with the pass catching backs with Kamara and Eckler. Oh, I got no problem with pass catching backs. I love that PPR. I'm all about that. Eckler as an individual player, I absolutely love this. No doubt about it. I, I do love the guy. Just scares me a little bit. Um, you know, I, I know that Melvin Gordon's gone, and that's great for him. You got Jackson over there. I understand. But the quarterback situation, whether Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert, that's what would scare me a bit. But his ability uh, individually is is off the charts. Eckler's fantastic. Like you said, especially coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. All right, let's get to our two wide receivers real quick. Something tells me we'll agree on one of them. I'm going to let you take this one first. All right. I got two. Uh, I got two on my mind. I, I had a lot on my mind, really. But um, the two that I have on my mind, you may be able to guess. But let me hear what you got first, Bob. Well, it's hard to argue. You, 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 just, you have to take Michael Thomas. I mean, just, it's just too obvious. Um, you know, after that, it really becomes a crapshoot. Um, I, I would say if I had to pick... Man, I, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. He had a down year. He was hurt. Um, you know, the team wasn't really in sync. But, man, like you said before, him and Rodgers are just, you know, they're just of one mind. And, uh, you know, he could, if, you know, we get Devontae Adams back in the full season, you know, some improvements for the team, uh, you know, both on the line and, and, and in weapons-wise. It's hard to not to take those two guys as your top two. Bro, I, I can't even really elaborate that much because that's exactly who I have. It's Michael Thomas. And I knew it. It's Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. I thought about Tyree Kill for a minute, but he's nowhere in the level of the wide receivers that they are. I mean, right. he's an absolute speedster. He can get open, of course. Who, who the hell wouldn't right. want Tyree Kill as the football player? Let's not get into the other stuff. The football player on the field. Right. We all want that, definitely. But – yeah, those two guys and a and few others. Mind, the only guy that's even close to these two is Julio Jones. That's, Hopkins was when he was in Houston. Right. What's going to happen in Arizona yet. Right. That, that's one of the key things. That's one of the extreme key things. Yep. And another combination I like, and, you know, I'm not going to say that they're on this level, but um, somehow, I mean, I, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen really got it going on, man. I know Thielen was hurt last year for a while, but those guys are really in sync, yeah, too. Right. They really are. So that's not a combination Thielen, I wouldn't mind. Thielen's ADP this year is pathetic. I mean, you can get Adam Thielen as you're like, 
wide receiver three. Yeah, I bet you. Yeah, no love for this guy at all. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah, but right, I'm I'm fine with that. Now you look at him, little dorky little number nineteen out there. But that's cool with me. I'll take him. I'll take him any freaking day. The guy can play. I'm all about it, man. Right. <laughs> all right, the last one we're gonna hit up over here is tight end. Maybe we'll do a flex real quick, but. Tight end, uh, it really comes down to two guys, maybe three if you want to throw Zach Ertz in there. But to me, it's George Kittle and it's Travis Kelsey. And right. I'm I'm going to honestly be fair. If we're talking fantasy, it's Travis Kelsey because Pat Mahomes is throwing the ball. Right. He's more of a pass right. catcher. George Kittle does absolutely everything you can possibly want a football player to do. So I'll take him over Kelsey on my football team any day. But fantasy, yeah, give me Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no, I think it's hard to argue. I mean, there are certainly good values at tight end this year from a fantasy perspective. And again, if we were doing like a mock draft and you have to put them in a round and you can't be in the same round, then maybe there's guys like Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, uh, those kind of guys that have that consistency but are also going around, you know, five, six, seven, then that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're just picking top guy, it's it, it, Nobody's going to argue with you when it comes to Kelsey. That's for sure. A yeah. couple other guys I just want to mention real quick. Um, if I didn't have any other Green Bay Packers like the boys that I want in um, Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and uh, oh, my God, De- uh, Devonta Adams, excuse me, I would love to have um, I'd love to have Aaron Jones on the team. I mean, that guy showed me a lot last year. I love him. Um, Kenny Galladay, if he can stay healthy and Matt Stafford can stay healthy, yeah. I'll take that big time. So, yeah, some of these other guys are really low on the list. We were talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU before. Finally, I could pronounce his name because uh, I looked it up. <laughs> He's uh, 28th on one of these lists. Um, Odell Beckham is 25th. He went down a little bit. Josh Jacobs, 19. I would take him higher than that. But, um, yeah, if you, Aaron Jones, uh, that's another guy I really would love to have. Uh, David Johnson, uh, just give me 20 seconds. Would you draft this guy very, very late, or would you – have any expectations no, for him? I can't, I can't do it. Me I, either. I, Me I either. looked at it, and his ADP is like, you know, still in like round four. And, you know, he just, for two straight season, he hasn't proved that he can be anywhere near what he was, you know, three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't care if he's in Houston. I don't care if he's the lone back. I, you know, he hasn't proven that he can, I mean, he's, he was outplayed and got replaced by Kenny and Drake. I know. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Drake is a good player. I like Kenny yes. Drake. Yes, he is. I always thought Kenny and Drake was horribly misused in Miami by Adam Gates, who misuses every right. running back. <laughs> but, but the fact that they traded for this guy in midseason, brought him in, and all of a sudden could become a starter, that tells me David Johnson is done. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I realize that the trade was terrible. We, we can go into that forever, but it doesn't matter. But the fact is, is that I have no reason to put David Johnson on any of my teams at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Drafting, I mean, even if he was going around eight is my RB3, I'm not sure I'd be like, eh, him or Ronald Jones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, I just have no love for the guy. Yeah. And then he's not going to be on any of my teams. Yeah. Might take Robbie Gould before you take David Johnson this year. I don't know. But then again, maybe he'll surprise us. Good geez. Who knows? All right. A couple minutes left over here. I want to ask real quick. Um, I, I, I like Miles Sanders a lot this year. Do you think that he's going to do what he did in the second half of last season for Philly? Well, you want to believe that. But, you know, we also know how Doug Peterson is as a coach. He's a great coach. Uh, but the problem is, is that, you know, you can't predict him. So, you know, as soon as you think, you know, I mean, let's be honest, last year we thought Jordan Howard was going to be the future there when he, they picked him up. 
And then next thing you know, they draft Miles Sanders. So right. It's just hard to predict guys like Peterson and, and uh, you know, Adam Gates and, and uh, who's a guy in Chicago that doesn't, can't handle, can't manage his running backs either. Oh, Matt Nagy. Um, yeah, yeah, Matt Nagy. I mean, all these guys, they have these very talented players like, you know, like uh, Singletary, not Singletary, um, Montgomery. And it's like, okay, so give them the ball. And then they don't. And then you're like, okay, why aren't you giving him the ball? Then you give him the ball for three games, he goes off, and then he doesn't see, you know, ten touches a game for the next three weeks. So that's the problem is these coaches, I don't know if they're out thinking themselves or what the case may be, but, you know, as much as Sanders certainly had a great second half, and he did. I mean, you you know, he went, he ripped off five uh, clutch games out of the last six games, certainly proved he should be, you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Um, but the problem is he's going at the at the end of the second round, and I'm sitting there going, well, do I pick somebody like him, or am I going to go for somebody else like, um, you know, Josh Jacobs or, you know, Todd Gurley or Chris Carson? And, and it's like, I, can, I know what I'm going to get out of those guys. You know? Right, so, right. But, like I said, you know, I, I wrote this in the guide. It said in weeks 11 through 16, Sanders had at least 50 snaps in each game. His fantasy numbers in those games was 18.75 fantasy points a game and 83% consistency. Wow. Hard to argue with that. Wow. How about that? From that standpoint, if you knew he was going to get 50 snaps a game and Peterson could guarantee you that, yes, he's certainly a great RB2 to have. Makes sense. Love to have him. Makes sense. But the problem is, is I go, can, you know, didn't they go out and draft another freaking running back? Yeah, they, they, they keep doing it. That they, they try. They draft another quarterback too, and Jalen Hurts. Unbelievable. Well, right. look, yeah, hey. I got another quarterback. So that's the thing is, you know, it's hard to argue with Doug Peterson. He won a Super Bowl and certainly outcoached one of the best in, in, in Belichick. But you know, from a fantasy standpoint, he's hard to predict, and that's the only thing that scares yeah. me about Sanders. You know, yeah, so makes sense. Love the talent. It's it's the coaching and the schemes that I'm a little worried about. I like how you think, man. Very in-depth thought. I wish we had more time. Unfortunately, we literally have about 45 seconds now, and I don't want to waste a second more of that. Please tell everybody where they can find you. You you got so many things going on, but if you could squeeze it in, my brother, please do it. Go for it, Bob. All right, so real quick. uh, Twitter, at Bob underscore Lung. Uh, the website, BigGuyFantasySports.com. And, of course, go out to Amazon, get the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide for 2020. And, uh, you know, add those fries to your happy meal. <laughs> Bob, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. But it, this has been great. Love fantasy football. been doing it forever. Not quite as long as you, you, my friend. And I can use all the advice I can get. No doubt about it. I may be a champion, but uh, I want to hold on to my belt, brother. Thanks so much, Bob. Listen, we're going to talk again. We will do this again, my friend. God bless you. Thank you. You too. All right. Rufus Sports. We are out for now. We'll talk to George Teague soon. Third and three podcast coming up over the weekend. We'll see you later.